Thank you all for joining episode six of the Energy Today podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Roos. Yesterday, there was a lot of news in the energy market, so I'm going to combine my normal discussion of WTI and its price fluctuations with my first article. The first article I'm going to look at comes out of Saudi Arabia with a, re- with a recent announcement, and then I'm going to focus on coal markets in Asia. So my first article's title is Saudis to Cut Output and Bid to Lift Oil Prices. I read this article in the Wall Street Journal uh, print edition this morning and was pretty shocked when I read it. So what happened is that Saudi Arabia, the de facto leader of OPEC+, Plus, including Russia, said that it will cut 1 million barrels per day of crude production starting next month, so February. This comes on top of OPEC+, Plus's already prior scheduled uh, 7.125 million barrels per day cut in February, leading to a total of 8.125 million barrels per day total cut for next month. This is a pretty staggering amount. At their most recent meeting, the group agreed to raise output by 75,000 barrels per day on Jan- on top of January levels. The importance of all this is that the Saudis announced this after their monthly OPEC meeting. So they had their meeting And then after this, they made this 1 million barrel per day announcement, which is quite shocking to me. This cut will come from directly from the Saudis production. And for such an energy dependent economy the Saudis have, this accounts for around 10% of their production. And and as as far as people think the Saudis are, are very far away from dependency on oil, this is very much not the case. So this cut implies a lot of things that I will get into in a second, but the most important thing is the uh, its effect on the price of WTI as well as energy equity, so energy stocks. So in general, markets move off of news. So a news story breaks, this market trades differently because of that news story. Um, and after this news broke, the price of WTI jumped from $47 a barrel to around $50 a barrel, where prices have kind of leveled off since then. Putting this price action aside, it, be, it begins to beg the question of why would the Saudis do this? Why would they have that meeting and then all of a sudden after it announced that, hey, we're going to now cut by another million dollars per barrel, why not level this out between all the members? So there are a, no- a number of reasons. Well, I'd rather say possible reasons for this, but two stick out the most in my eyes. The first is that the Saudi economy is struggling, as is every other country's, and they are seeking to cut production to stimulate crude prices and then later bring production back online to help buoy their economy. I think that this is a very likely possibility, but I think the second one is also very interesting. So the second reason that I think that they could have done this is that they were pushing other OPEC plus members such as Russia, uh, Venezuela, etc., to cut their output. And these countries just declined. They said, no, OPEC, we're not going to we're not going to be in, in, in prison to you and say that, hey, yeah, because you say so, we're going to cut our, our output and then therefore reduce the money that our economy receives. They said, that, no, we're not going to do that. Um, so now the kind of the balls in your court. So after looking at that, the Saudis probably didn't see any near-term positivity for old oil demand. So by near-term, I mean three to six months. Um, and considering the vaccine's slower rollout than that was expected, as well as rising cases, they likely didn't think that anything in the future near-term 
would lead to an increase in, in WTI, Brent crude oil prices in general. And because of both of these reasons, the only way the Saudis likely thought that they could stimulate prices in the near term was to cut their own output. They just said that, hey, we have to take this out of our own output. It might cause some, some pain right now, but this could be better for us in the future. So all of this makes me wonder about the shifting power dynamics within OPEC Plus and what its future holds. And OPEC Plus, their decisions have ramifications for across the world, as we saw back in March and April with the price war, then oil prices touching negative. So this will be an interesting development um, to follow in the future. My next article comes from oilprice.com, and it's titled, Will Asia Actually Fuel a Comeback in Coal? And I found this article to be very fascinating for a number of, number of reasons, but often in America, we forget about the energy needs in faraway countries like Vietnam, Indonesia, uh, and the like. Many thought within the energy industry that the coal industry would see a resurgence in these countries, as well as, as, well as others in this general Asian area, um, as oil markets were generally rocked this year. COVID has made many things uncertain, and not least is coal demand in Asia. The pandemic has made some question the future of traditional forms of energy, such as oil, natural gas, as well as coal, and has sped up investments in renewables. And many of these countries have since canceled coal power orders, as well as shuttered plans on building new coal plants. According to this article, Pakistan, for example, announced that there will be no new construction of coal plants within the country. This behavior is not is not necessarily countries all of a sudden wanting renewables now and deciding, okay, right now we're just going to go all out on renewables. It really has to do with the difficulty of accessing capital funding within the sector. And as I touched on in prior episodes, this has a lot to do with investor activism to steer away from coal and other fossil fuels and more broadly focus on ESG investments. So kind of styming the supply of, of financing towards energy uh, companies and, and the industry in general is, is spurring this transition in the Asian uh, area and communities. An example of this uh, is from the article that reads like this. Quote, in December, the Malaysian bank CI, CIMB announced its exit strategy to phase out coal financing, having invested $2.6 billion in coal over the last decade. It was the first major bank in an emerging economy to state such plans, end quote. Taking this into account, I imagine that more of these announcements will be made across uh, the emerging countries during 2021. These countries like our own, still have to provide power to its citizens, and I imagine that this will increase demand for natural gas uh, in the future and later renewables. Again, these articles came from the Wall Street Journal and oilprice.com, and their links will be placed in the show notes. So thank you all for joining today, and as always, I'm your host, Jackson Roos, and I will see you next week.